Hello, everyone. This is Stephen for the Everything in All podcast. And though this is primarily a music project of mine, the podcast is sort of aiming at what I feel is the foundation of that music and the foundation of the creative process. And for me, at least, that is the human journey and the human connection. That's what I'm trying to get at with this endeavor. And the goal is to have many different people on from many different walks of life, many different perspectives, many different worldviews. The idea isn't to agree with one another, but to instead see if we can understand one another and try to bridge the gap, to try to form a connection that recognizes the shared humanity. And so the way I see it, the agreement is optional and understanding is required. At least that's the intention. And today I have a conversation with Joseph Stanton, a holistic health and wellness coach, a lifestyle coach of sorts, really beautiful human being. We talk about the importance of expressing yourself about his journey from darkness and drug addiction to health and wellness, hear a bit about his practices of raw veganism and breathwork of all sorts and how that could potentially benefit people. We dive a bit into my history with disordered eating and how food can be a sticking point for many people starting along a growth path. We talk about holding your beliefs loosely so you can allow the next stage of your growth, masculinity and how close relationships with other men can positively influence relationships between men and women. We talk about the importance of community and the value of doing and embracing the things you love to do when you were a child. And, of course, leaving judgment on the table. I was super impressed with Joseph's openness, with his humility, and his willingness to share. I mean, this is a guy with a very unique sort of lifestyle. And he's a guy who knows himself, knows his own path, values that, and also values everyone else's own journey, expression, and path. So... This is a beautiful human being, Joseph Stanton, coming at you. Peace, love, you're the shit. Hello, everyone. I am here with Joseph Stanton, a breathwork facilitator, lifestyle coach with the Holistic Justice League. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll start with, so we met... When was the men, the first men's circle? Like a month ago, maybe? Yeah, I think it was like three Thursdays ago. Okay, yeah, and so that was my first men's circle, and for anyone who doesn't know what a men's circle is, it's basically just a space for men to come together and share their own experience and their vulnerabilities, things that are challenging, things that they're excited about, just where they can not be judged and be held in a really cool way. So I met Joseph there, um, along with a number of other men, really piqued my interest in terms of what they're doing um, online and offline. And so, I, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about maybe how you got into holistic coaching, maybe a bit of your journey as much as you're wanting to share. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, how I got into holistic coaching was through holistically coaching myself through mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. So everything that I know is self-taught through my own research as well as I studied through the International School, International School of Detoxification okay. under the naturopath, master herbalist, and biochemist, um, Dr. Robert Morse. So that's kind of where I started. Um, I dove into all that because I had some health problems, and I never really believed in conventional healing. Mm -hmm. something, uh, something outside of me told me that. Mm -hmm. And it just, I felt it throughout my whole body, so I just... Was that something you felt was there your whole life? Like, that sort of attitude towards Western... Looking Western back on it, yeah, okay. definitely, for okay. sure. Um, and from there, I just, uh, like I said, I didn't believe, I didn't believe that I needed to take a pill 
because I, I just knew taking a pill wouldn't heal anything. Yeah, it doesn't exactly solve the root problem. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, I didn't, like, that just like clicked to me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I was just like, okay, taking a pill, like, that's not going to do anything for me. So I started doing my re- own research, and then I went to the school, and then um, it just kind of unfolded into a spiritual uh, journey, really, yeah. through food. Mm. Food, really, like, giving up. Within the span of a month, I gave up smoking weed, drinking alcohol, and eating meat, mm. and all processed foods. Okay. And I pretty much went vegan within a month. And okay. uh, I felt like I was dying. You felt like you were dying? I felt first? like I was like dying. Like withdrawals. Yeah. Like craving. Yeah. Like that. Because okay. I literally get, like, okay. I quit drinking, or I quit smoking cigarettes, mm-hmm. and then about a month later, I quit drinking, and then, like, a week after that, I quit smoking weed, and then w- within the few following days, I stopped eating meat. Okay. And, uh... And when you started that, did you have the intention of that unfolding in that way, or did everything just sort of domino effect? I just found out about processed food, okay. and then I cut that out, and then, yeah, it just kind of escalated from there. Okay. Like, the, my foundation... More digging, more research, and... Yeah, my... Or just, like, things coming to me, really, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with minor research, which kind of, like, showed, you know, but, yeah, it just... It unfolded through food, um, and then I got really into, like, fasting and healing my body, and then that led into... Uh, learning about movement and breath work. Mm. And then I start, I just started practicing all these things on myself. And I mean, I could, my, my story goes further than that yeah. backwards, you mm-hmm. know, but mm-hmm. this is the forward part of it. Um, yeah, it's really, really all of these things I've been doing have been to, I guess, help me move through depression and anxiety mm. and yeah. the feelings of like being, isolated because of how I was living my life mm. so I can't tell you how heavily I relate to all that man yeah. <laughs> like yeah. even, even with my own journey of being vegan and my reasons about it and um the whole process of letting go of processed foods and everything involved with that like for me the entry point into personal development and into a lot of what my lifestyle now consists of also began with food so, so I think that's a really interesting parallel. And I mean, if you look at something like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, are you familiar with that? Mm-mm. Okay, it's I remember base, actually the basic human needs, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a triangle. Yeah, like the base. There's like sleep, yep. water, mm-hmm. uh, sustenance, sex, and then security, and then things like esteem and love and connection, and then eventually self-actualization. And your your you know, your work is just bettering humanity and bettering the efforts that we have here as a as a species, and then ultimately self-transcendence, which he actually came towards later in his life. But I, I look at that, and it, 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 to me, it just intuitively makes sense. Like, of course it would start with food and with the body and with these really fundamental basic things, because if you don't have a cool connection with that, how is anything going to really build in a, in a substantial, sustainable way from there? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, so how long have you been vegan at the, till this point? Um, coming up on four years. Four years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so you said you're raw vegan now, right? Uh-huh. Okay, so what brought that on? Um, the realization that we're the only species that eats cooked food, mm-hmm. and we're the only species that has, uh, outside of nature, I mean, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, like we have our animals and our pets, mm-hmm. but we're the only species outside of nature, I guess, if that makes sense, that has cancer and diseases and mm-hmm. doctors and stores, yeah. and you look at other animals in the wild, they don't have doctors, they don't have stores, they don't have stoves, and mm-hmm. I'm not trying to, and, 
And in my mind, I don't, I don't really believe that we're more evolved than these species because okay. we know how to cook mm -hmm. and because we have houses. Mm -hmm. In my mind, they're more evolved because they know how to live without all of these things. And they don't have a doctor. Mm -hmm. And they live off of their own intuition and their own knowingness. And it seems like we've kind of lost that. And, uh, like we've gotten too much disconnected. Our own way. Yeah, yeah, too much of our, in our own way mm -hmm. and uh, in the mind. But so that's a little bit of a tangent on how I got into being raw vegan. It just started through observing, really observing nature. Mm -hmm. And um, it made me want to experience it for myself. And this is actually the first year, I've only eaten one cooked meal this whole year. And, wow, um, really? This is my first year being raw vegan. Like, full, okay. And I ate that consciously because I wanted to know what it felt like. Like after a period of being yeah. away from it? Okay. Yeah. What did I, it feel like? Um, very sedating. Mm -hmm. Very almost like, because just, just to go into like a brief little background yeah. beyond, yeah. My, beyond what I've already expressed, I was, I was heavily addicted to drugs. Mm -hmm. So I know what it's like to feel sedated to a very mm -hmm. deep level. Mm -hmm. um, so when I ate that cooked food, it brought me to that place of feeling like, not to, for lack of a better word, feeling like I was on a drug, mm -hmm. like feeling like I ingested something and it made me kind of passive, like, mm -hmm. uh, like, okay. Yeah. A little just sort of comfortable. And, yeah. Yeah. Not like there's anything wrong with that, but, um, I feel like too much of that can make us complacent mm -hmm. and stuck and trapped. Yeah. So. And either way, if that's not what you want, then that's not what you want. Yeah, so. totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I just, through observation, really. Okay. And through curiosity. Okay. Yeah. And so, just to, just to play devil's advocate, what would you say to someone who's like, well, you don't see other animals with planes and with all this, like, intelligence, and intelligence is a term that needs a lot of unpacking, but, you know, humans have all these other features that distinguish us supposedly from other animals, mm -hmm. and so why, cook, why couldn't cooking be a part of that? Yeah. Um, I feel like, I don't know, it's hard for me to answer that, I guess. I just feel like the reason we cook food is because we're so disconnected from our natural environment. Mm. Like, my mind goes back really far, like really, really far into the past. Uh, like to pretty much when we were frugivores. Yeah, exactly. And from and it just makes so much sense to me because if you look at how we're constantly trying to keep our climate with air conditioning and heating, we're mm -hmm. trying to keep it at that tropical temperature. That's very true. And yeah. uh, and I mean this go, can go into a whole another conversation, but so I'm not saying there's a disadvantage to eating cooked food. I'm not mm -hmm. saying it's bad for you. All I'm questioning is why we're the only ones that do it. Yeah, and and what you said, I've never asked myself. Mm -hmm. So thank you for bringing that up. Oh, so totally. I don't have an answer. I guess I really don't. Okay, I would have to agree with you. Why can't it be? Why yeah, can't, I mean, you know. And I, I've I've thought the same way. Like when I when I was vegan, um, like you know we we are the. Well, I guess the way I sort of thought about it initially was with dairy, because I still don't eat or consume any dairy now. I was like, well, we're the only animal that consumes dairy past a, you know, past weaning and past being like a, a baby. So that doesn't quite make sense. And we're drinking some bovines <laughs> milk. Like it's, it's very arbitrary. And I think there's actually probably a lot of legitimacy behind that because, you know, if we look at lactose intolerance, it's way more widespread than being able to digest it effectively. And that's more of a westernized thing from probably just the history of evolving more towards being able to process it. But 
I mean, I, I, either way, I I was into raw veganism a bit in high school. Um, wow. I think when I was like seventeen. Holy I, moly! No, I was probably eighteen. I How had, old like, are you now? I'm twenty two. Okay, cool. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah, and um, yeah, I had watermelon, just watermelon for like three days straight. Mm. But I mean, I used to be the guy <laughs> like bringing, getting a forty pound box of bananas. Yeah. Every week. And wow. Just a fuck ton of fruit. Um, Holy moly. Yeah, are you familiar with, like, Freely and During Rider? Or all I know During Rider. Okay, yeah, yeah, I used to be into, into that shit. Okay. Um, and for me, I look at it now, and I wasn't coming at it from a cool place. Yeah. Because I was coming at it from a place of, like, that whole period of my t- my life was characterized by so much body shame mm-hmm. and so much disconnect. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, like, sort of as a chubby kid, and then as I got into high school, like, it sort of evened out, and I was, you know, if someone looked at me, they probably would have assumed that I had this major body dysmorphia. And this massive eating disorder that's, like, fucking my life up to a major degree. And for a number of years, that was the case. But so I was, like, starving myself on a diet for a period just because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I was running a lot. And I was starting to go to the gym. And then, you know, the body just is, like, at some point, it's, like, fucking feed me. And so I kick into binge mode. And then that persists as a cycle for about two years. And so whatever diet I could find that, um, you know, within the vegan realm, because I started that. For ethics, and that was always like the that was always the major reason. Um, but whatever diet said I could eat as much as I want, I was like, okay, great, I could just binge all day. And so I was coming at it from that angle instead of like, okay, let me try these different diets to just see how I feel in my body. Um, so, so I, I I could see myself in the future attempting again to do something like a raw food diet, even just for a period of time, just to just to know again what it's like compared to what I'm doing now. Um, right now, my diet sort of moved more towards, in a lot of ways, it's the exact same I was eating before, like whole foods, plant-based, but mm-hmm. now I do eat quite a bit of beef mm-hmm. and fish, mm-hmm. um, and I try to source that locally. The beef specifically I get from a ranch where I know they, they raise the cattle mm-hmm. their whole life um, on the pastures, and then they slaughter them themselves, because mm-hmm. I like I refuse to buy the factory farm stuff, because mm-hmm. that was the whole reason from the get-go. But, yeah, no, it's, uh, and for for. Vegan, like related to veganism, at a certain point, I just started feeling like something was missing, and I can't describe like exactly what it was. And it had been a while since I'd, I'd gotten a blood test, so I, I'm not going to act like I have. You know, maybe I just played into biases of moving towards one thing to another. Mm-hmm. That's still something I'm sort of figuring out. But all I know now is that I, when I eat this meat along with the other whole foods that I'm eating, like I feel extremely grounded in my body. Extremely grounded in my body, like in a similar way as to when I go to yoga, mm-hmm. or as to when I um, mushrooms can do that for me a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had an experience out in the wilderness on mushrooms, where I was like, it's probably the most grounded I'd ever been in my entire life. Like I got a vision of like where someone could be in relation to the earth and in relation to how much comfort they have within themselves mm-hmm. and acceptance related to that. And it was like, fuck. And so that, for me, just my diet now contributes to that. But I still have so much respect for veganism. And, like, I, when I, when I hear people go vegan, I'm sort of like, fuck yeah. Like, because that's, that's a totally <laughs> different way of approaching the culture that you're in. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, food is just so central to everything we do and all the social activities we participate in. Um, and it's sort of like, oh, fuck you, there's bullshit going on and I'm, I'm not going to participate in it. Sure, maybe yeah. you're doing it for your health. Yeah. Maybe you're doing it because yeah. these careful operations with all the suffering involved. That's my foundation of why I do it. Which one? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm not going to participate in the system. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, I get thrilled when I hear people, like, exploring that because 
I've had my own journey in that within that, and I've like gained so much value from. It. Like I would not be the person I am today if I wasn't vegan for all that time. And yeah, I didn't approach it That's in the way like and I was. Yeah, I mean, I was an animal rights activist and like got arrested. We used to go into restaurants and protest, nice. like direct action, and. Um, yeah, and I was a minor still, like, got paper-arrested. <laughs> I had to get an expunged, but, um, yeah, that, that's a tangent. Either way, so, so you're experimenting on yourself. Um, you're trying, did you try other diets, or the raw thing just sort of started to make sense to you? Uh, so, not to, I'll go into, I have a lot of response to what you're okay. saying. First of all, you're fucking beautiful for expressing what you expressed about your body dysmorphia and admitting that you were coming at it from a wrong place, because mm -hmm. I know what that's like. Mm -hmm. I've done the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I've consciously chosen to stay with this lifestyle just because of how much it resonates with me. Mm -hmm. So I have created a food disorder in the past mm -hmm. and an eating disorder, but I can't, I don't know if I've created it or if it was already there and this type of eating is just exposing it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's always an interesting thing to, to parse out. Because that's how I feel is, is, at least from my experience, Everything that I've seen about myself that I thought hasn't been there was there. And my situations are just bringing it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I really respect you for, dude, super mad respect for, Thank you. for doing what you've done and sharing what you just shared. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, going into, into I, I've been there, I've done that. And just because of, I've thought the same way you have, but just with the stuff that I know about food for myself, um, I'm wanting to stick with this lifestyle and I'm actually wanting to stick with it for a certain amount of time to, to the point where like, I know my body is free from all this shitty, not only shitty emotions that the shitty food has trapped inside me, mm -hmm. but also the shitty toxins that are trapped inside me from the shitty food. Yeah. So well, and also the the trauma. Yeah. They get stored along. So that. once I get once I feel like I'm clear, like, and I am at a point where I'm I'm gonna that's my goal is to experiment, mm -hmm. is to is to is to consume these foods mm -hmm. that I my beliefs yeah. and my research right mm -hmm. are making me have this perspective mm -hmm. about you know so yeah. I'm I'm in the mode of dropping all of the things that I've learned and allowing. Anything and everything that comes to me. I think at some point you have to sort of approach it in that way, right? Yeah. Because I don't want to control anything. Okay. Like, I can't control yeah. shit. That's me controlling things. Like, my beliefs, essentially, like, yes, they're my foundation. But if I project my beliefs out into the universe, I'm going to stop things that could possibly be meant to come to me. Exactly. Because of my In beliefs. the next stage, in the next path along someone's own personal evolution. Like, I mean, we all come into some sort of belief system or way of viewing the world or way of living in the world and we may get tremendous value out of it. And then of course we see people postulate and then they say, Oh, this is for everyone, this is like this is everyone like everyone should be on this bandwagon. And it could be so helpful, but to come to a place where like this is the way compared to where I was before and everything else isn't, that blocks you from potentially another Reawakening so like and wash. Yeah, yeah, and so it's. I always, I always try to offer the perspective, and I'm imperfect at it. But like, you know, I think I might know what's going on. I have good reasons, or I think I have good reasons for what I'm doing and what I believe. But I'm open, and I know I've been wrong before, and I've seen myself buy into belief systems that were just very looking back, totally wrong and totally not a, a 
taking a bigger perspective mm-hmm. on what's going on. And so it's like, I think that at that point you're balancing self-trust and then with like how much of yourself can you let go because you actually aren't sure if it's you. Like mm-hmm. was this implanted by the culture? Was this implanted by this new belief system? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's all connected, related to, you know, the foods we're eating and the toxins that get stored and everything related to that with actually our mental state. And I feel like a lot of it actually is quite psychosomatic. But yeah, I mean, but diet's just one part of it too. So I know you approach things specifically with breath work a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yesterday I saw a post about butts in the sun. So <laughs> that'd be a cool conversation to get into as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tell me a little bit about the, the breath work. If we can make a segue. Um, I guess I can start talking about my journey with the breath. Um, like I said, these things have just came to me. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't go searching about, I didn't go researching about breath work. Mm-hmm. Maybe my, I had a subconscious thought, and that's why it came to me. Mm-hmm. But someone just sent me, I asked this dude, I was, I was in this whole journey of like trying to find out what was going to make me happy, and I was like talking to other people and listening to their stories about what made them happy, and I fucking was talking to this guy, and I was like, yo, what do you do for a living? He's like breathing mostly. And that was one thing I've never heard. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Well, that's an interesting answer, right? Stopped, <laughs> yeah, I was like... I was like, what the fuck do you mean? I was like, what do you mean? And he sent me a video on breath work. Mm. And it just like, I was, I was at a time where I just started smoking weed again. And I like took a hit of weed and I listened to this video. And it was this guy explaining how, you're, how you should be breathing, like from your belly up into your chest. Mm-hmm. And then I sat there and I looked at how I was breathing and it was from my chest. And it was revert, it was inverted. Yeah. It was backwards. Yeah. And I was like, and like, I don't know. I wanted to, to fix that. I wanted to know what it was like to breathe correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that embarked me on this journey of, of breathing. And I noticed that when I would start to breathe, I would get uncomfortable. And I would get nervous. And mm-hmm. my hands would sweat. And my mind would start racing. Mm-hmm. And I would stop breathing. And while, why you should stop breathing. Like all these reasons. Right? Yeah. All yeah. The, oh, this, oh, the, oh this, this is unsafe. Or, oh, what's going on? Oh, mm-hmm. oh. Uh, I got to do this. Be, this can't be I, yeah, 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 something, right? And then, and then, I've always been the type of person to question shit. Mm-hmm. So I just started like, what is this? And I just got curious. And then, I just started practicing diaphragmatic breathing, mm-hmm. and um, I just kind of said fuck it, and allowed the voices to be there, and allowed the uncomfortability to be there. Mm-hmm. And when the first time I breathed through most of it. I got this huge sense of relief and that's what I was like, like at the end of it, like at the end okay. of it, like I was so uncomfortable and then I was like, no, just keep going, just keep going, just keep breathing, keep breathing, keep breathing, keep breathing. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like a breakthrough and then finally I would hit this point where I was just like breathing like, and it was like bliss, dude, like mm-hmm. complete fucking bliss. And how long do you think that took? Dude, like five minutes, five minutes, five okay. minutes, okay. dude, so like deep long. breathing. Yeah, yeah. Like, and yeah, really quickly. And now this, this wasn't like the Wim Hof method? No, I don't think so, but it was, um, it wasn't the Wim Hof method, but it was, uh, holotropic, kind of like holotropic breathing a little bit. So very deep, moving your body, connecting your mind to your fucking heart, Mm -hmm. you know, connecting the two, Mm -hmm. because we're so up here and not down here. And, uh, I just started like, I don't know, releasing stuff and I kept going and I kept going and then I just kept doing it. And then I got to this point where, like, I took, I was on mushrooms, 
mm-hmm. and I was watching. I was sun gazing. I go, I've been doing sun gazing for a while, but I was breathing, and I do like really intense breathing, like holding my breath with no oxygen in my body for a very long time. Almost, it's like going into death, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. And I was on mushrooms, mm-hmm. and I was fucking peeking on mushrooms while mm-hmm. doing breath work. Yeah. And I was sitting there, and I was like, dude, I was like this. Mm-hmm. Like holding my breath. Rocking back and forth. Rocking back and forth. Yeah, Yeah. rocking back and forth. Like a baby, dude. Like a fucking baby. And then I took an inhale. And then I just started bawling my eyes out, dude. Like just immediately started crying. And it was because, like, that was the first time I ever took an inhale and really, truly appreciated it. It was like Mm. being reborn. It was Mm. like I rebirthed myself. Mm. And I wanted to share. And that was like... I was like, dude, I got it. Cause I was on this journey of healing mm-hmm. and I always thought like, Oh, food, 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 fasting, food. Yeah. Clear, you, clear your body out, clear your body out. And then I started, and then I was like, there's still stuff in there. Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And it was emotions and darkness, right? Yeah, yeah. And the demons or whatever you want, the voices. Yeah. And as soon as I found out that out, I was like, this is it. Like, this is, I just felt it. Mm-hmm. And then I just keep, I've kept getting affirmations and like, I've met God through breathing mm-hmm. and I've, connected with the lowest part of myself, like my five-year-old child mm. and like seeing that, like the, like the Godhead that spectrum and that's yeah. and that, and then going in between and it's just like, it's transformed. It's so life-changing. Wow. And, uh, it's so easy and it can happen so quickly mm-hmm. and it, it, the only thing getting in the way is you. Yeah. Or the things that you think are you. And all those things popping up while you're sitting there trying it and breathing. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is legit, this is stupid, or like, this isn't for me, I'm not one of these people. Like, whatever excuses that pop- arise, that's what's in the way. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's all ego. Yeah. That's all trying to keep you where you're at. And maybe breathwork isn't for everyone. Maybe there's certain people. It sort of seems like a really fundamental thing, so I kind of doubt it. <laughs> but maybe there's people that it's not totally, like, they're not totally equipped for it. I would, and then they, they go to something else. But. Yeah. I would say maybe they're, I feel like it's for everyone, but maybe not in the specific times mm, that yeah. they're experiencing this life. Yeah. You know yeah. And that, that makes sense to me too, because I mean, if we, I mean, everyone breathes. Yeah. And I think anyone who tries to correct their breathing, because everyone in this fucking culture has terrible breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of posture. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these really small fundamental habits, even just how we eat, um, our posture, the way we breathe. That affects so much. Those are such core um, body systems that actually that interact with our emotions and anxiety and everything involved with that. So I think people are probably leaving something on the table if they don't approach it in some capacity. But you mentioned one thing um, when you brought up the food again, how you were you're, you're eliminating foods and trying all these different things, but you still found, okay, there's, there's more here. Um, and at some point you probably saw, okay, there's food is only part of the equation. Was that always, like you always knew there was going to be more than that? Or were you trying to like, this food is going to solve most, if not everything? Because I think if some people can come to a point where it's like, they're living to eat instead of eating to live mm-hmm. and moving on to the next things that they want to do with their life and that they need to grow through mm-hmm. in their life. Mm-hmm. I would say like, yeah, I really believed um because when i found out about food and veganism it kind of gave me like this passion that i wanted to share with everyone and i thought it was the foundation like this is how people can change their lives Mm -hmm. and step into their power Mm -hmm. and become the change 
And yeah, I did think that was the foundation. And I, I don't know if I thought that was it, or and I never thought there would be anything else. But I definitely feel like I hit the bottom mm-hmm. through food. Like you exhausted what you could. Yeah. 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 I mean, like meditation, and I mean, it all works together. But totally, totally. I feel like, like if you're doing the meditation and you're doing the yoga and you're doing the movement and you're not doing the food, then you're lacking. I, guess. I would. I would agree with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe not you're lacking, but there's more growth. That yeah. Can be. There's more on the table. That yeah. You there's pick it up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> not to say yourself. there's anything wrong with with not with doing those two, doing those two, and not doing the food. Awesome. No, yeah, that's a, you know that's what I a mean? lot of the boxes checked. You know, so, right? yeah, I definitely thought that was the foundation. And then, I guess, finding out about breath is what allowed me to kind of let go of my beliefs mm-hmm. and be like, realize that my beliefs were stopping me from connecting with other people. Mm-hmm. And if I want to bring this change that's with, that I brought to myself and share it, I got to connect and I got to drop my beliefs. And what were those beliefs specifically? Um, looking and judging people for their lifestyles through mm-hmm. my beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, um, you need to do this. Like, this will change your life. Or, like, ju- I don't know. I don't, it would have to be in the if moment. If you just went vegan. Yeah, exactly. Saw, and that's like, bullshit. Yeah, you know? Because, yeah. like, I always, like, as soon as you find out about truth, it's like, you want to share it with people. Yeah. And, it's like, <laughs> and, I, and I started at the beginning, like, the angry activist talking about the conspiracies and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And spreading anger and fear and mm-hmm. anger and fear. Yeah. And I was like, this is not it. Like, I'm not getting any traction. This isn't it. No. Like, and it's not, it's really unenjoyable. Yeah. Because you're walking around just loathing about the state of the world. Yeah. And that, that, <laughs> I mean, that right there is, is paralyzing. Mm-hmm. And also, like you said, keeps you from connecting with other people because there's this inherent judgment that you're placing on other people's lifestyles. Which, I mean, we all do to some degree, right? Like, there are... I still do it. I'm yeah. not sitting here saying, like, I don't do that shit still, totally. but I'm aware of it, and I know yeah. it's not me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, like, okay, this is the limited perspective of one person's ego. There is more to the equation, more complex than I can even hope to understand sort mm-hmm. of thing. But, okay, so, you, so you're, you're exploring through breathwork. Now, breathwork is its own world in terms of how people approach it, mm-hmm. how people's daily practices look like. Mm-hmm. What... What does yours sort of look like? And does it change? I imagine it probably does. Um, I would say my foundation of breath work is like, I mean, it's changing. I'm, I'm, so what I do most is, I guess I would, for anyone listening, is holotropic breathing. Mm-hmm. Like waking up in the morning and just getting my lungs open and moving through really and that was this deep, motion. Yeah, so it? it's like, yeah, so I sit down and I just relax in like a hunch hunch position and the movement is to connect get you out of your mind and connect you to your body and the breath is to bring you deeper into yourself and into the present moment so it's mind body mind body connection through Mm -hmm. movement and breath and uh the movement just gets you out of your mind and so what he's doing, so, you, so you're kind so of... So it's like, in hit, so, yeah, so it's relaxed. like, it's a cycle. It's like a circle, you know, the cycle of the mm-hmm. circle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I create that circle between me with my movement. If you, you can kind of see, it's like a circle. It's yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, and so bringing the chest in and out. Yeah, so on the... Spreading in, the arms a bit. Mm-hmm. So on the inhale, it's like... And 
I don't, I don't like, I can't, you're asking me a lot of questions that are great because I don't ask these questions. I don't know why I do it. I don't know why I do that. The reason I would say is just to connect my mind to my body and to bring myself from my head mm-hmm. into my heart through movement. Just like yoga. You so you probably just found that on mo- that motion yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's one and then thing. I saw, and not only did I find it on my, on my own, I started seeing other people doing it. Oh, okay. So it was okay. like, okay, maybe this is a thing, you know? Yeah. So, and then people were saying what I was sharing is it's the, the mind body connection, just getting that mm-hmm. movement involved and, and getting yourself focusing on like the thoughts are still going to be there. But if you're just sitting there like this, it's, it's not as, uh, I know emotion really brings another, element. yeah, it really yeah. Does. emotion, emotions, energy in motion. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just, yeah. It, and I imagine, you know, people could find their own sort of way of moving. I mean, one of my favorite things, like I love going to yoga classes and participating in that, but sometimes I'll just go on the mat over there and I'll just be like, okay, what does my body start to want to do? Mm-hmm. And I'll do these weird motions I've never done before. and never even seen anyone do. And it's like, damn, that feels really good. That's exactly what I needed. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is just tuning into what you feel appropriately as an individual. Exactly. And that's also, I mean, what is that? That is literally listening to your body yeah. before any prescription in terms of movement and all that's useful, but really listening to your body in terms of what it's called to do. Yeah. So, And I feel like through this type of, of lifestyle, there's a lot of researching and learning and and all that's awesome, but at the same time, too much structure can allow us to get too structured mm-hmm. and too rigid. Yeah. You know, so it's like taking everything you've learned and implementing on yourself in your own way. Mm-hmm. And like you said, moving your body and finding those pains, you know, that you can move, yeah. you know, instead of doing the basic yoga stretches, you mm-hmm. know, just move. Yeah. Just get out and move. Sometimes yeah. structure is too much for people. Just move. And I think the structure, like, stops people from, like, oh, I can't follow that structure. And it's like, I want to change that and just, be like, just move. Yeah. Just move. You don't need the structure. Yeah. The structure's there if you want it. It's not going Because the structure often comes with other baggage that yeah. people aren't always willing to take on. And that's one thing I also want to say is like, we're talking about breath work, we're talking about God, we're talking about spirituality and mushrooms and all that shit. It's like, some people don't drive with that. Yeah. That's, that's not their approach. Totally. Um, and that's totally cool. Like, I'm not one to say this shit is going to solve everyone's mm-hmm. problems. I do think it'd be wise if we were all more open mm-hmm. to these sort of things and whether or not we take on these beliefs or not, just even exploring the practices mm-hmm. for what they have to offer. Like I think everyone, regardless of your view on spirituality would benefit from a movement practice mm-hmm. like yoga mm-hmm. or it could be jujitsu or it could be a number of other things and breathing too. Like yeah. breathing is so core and it's, it doesn't have to carry any belief system. It no. can, it can, and that can actually be really powerful with the practice. But I want, I want this to be as inclusive as possible for people. And I want like, them to have an open mind about approaching it instead yeah. of like shutting it down. Like, oh, that dude's just a fucking hippie. Or who are yeah, these guys? Like, totally. I'm like, like, totally. Like, and I, because I, because I used to be one of those guys. Like, I came, I come from a very scientific and materialist and atheist background. Um, and I guess the best way to sort of describe my beliefs around everything is pretty gnostic, um, but also, yeah, but also deeply, um, just deeply in love and in touch with like the mystery of all yeah. this and the fact that yeah. it doesn't quite make sense at all. Um, There's some stuff that does make some really deep sense. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like finding that balance of knowing like, okay, there's something here, but I'm okay with not knowing exactly what it is. Yeah, and how are all these different people from different worldviews and cultures and religions 
or lack of religions, they often say many of the same things. Or they're getting to something that's very similar. And so what are the diff a lot of it's just differences in words mm -hmm. and semantics and like, mm -hmm. you know, the Peronian philosophy and actually just all pointing towards different paths up the same mountain. Mm -hmm. um, and and that, that's a bit of a tangent, but I, but I want to sort of inject that into the conversation because, totally. I mean, breathwork and movement are such those, like we were saying, I feel like those are just inherently powerful yeah, things for people. definitely. Because we all got a fucking body <laughs> and it needs yep. maintenance and it needs yeah. taken care of and yeah. a connection with it yeah. is really important. Um, I mean, I have to think like, what if we taught, you know, what if we made kindergarten primarily about communication between one another and about things like breathwork and bodywork? Or even just, you know, having that be a core part of the education system, it's just, and we keep cutting out recess, we cut out fine arts, and just more and more intellectual. And that's great. That's great to have those things, but there's so much more to human existence and to human life and to wellness mm -hmm. than just those. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, okay, so, so you have this movement of breath work, mm -hmm. and how long do you do that for? Um, in the morning? Uh... I do, I mean, so my, I guess my, my, so I start with like holotropic breathing, which is three to five rounds of 33 breaths okay. with, um, inhale and exhale retentions, which are after the 33rd breath, I take a huge inhale and then I exhale completely all of the breath that I possibly can. And mm -hmm. I hold for how long? as long as I can. Nice. And then I inhale and then I hold. And I do clinches, which bring energy from my root, energy in the form of air and blood, um, or oxygen and blood, from my root up to my crown chakra, mm -hmm. uh, or my pineal gland. And so I do one round of that, and then I go into another round, I go into another round, and usually I don't do less than three. Sometimes I'll go five, just depends on how I really feel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then after that, I'll do a breath of fire, which is just pumping blood through. I mean, it's all pumping blood. All the breath is pumping yeah, blood. Yeah. But diaphragmatic, or uh, the breath of fire is really just breathing from the diaphragm only. The Wim Hof is breathing from the belly and the chest. Mm. And the diaphragm is just really, or the breath of fire is really just about using your, like, it's a muscle. And if we don't use it, we lose it. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like just me. That's like my workout for my diaphragm. Totally. And uh, I do that. And then what do I do after that? Um, from there, I just I, I just stretch, dude. And mm -hmm. I just move my body. Just intuitively. However, I, yeah, I want okay. it to move. I mean, there's the foundation of like bending over and touching my toes and stretching from side to side. Mm -hmm. But I just bring the breath into that and. Breathe into the spots that are tense and really focus on finding where... I guess that's what I do, is find where I'm most tense. And um, I breathe into that mm -hmm. by just taking the breath and sending it through there. Just sending it into yeah. my body, like with my vision, mm -hmm. you know, and you'll feel it. So that's, yeah, just... And so have you done actual facilitated holotropic breath work? Yeah. Workshop? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. No. Everything that I've done is self-taught, self-experienced, self-researched. Okay. And uh, there's a huge part of me that wants to go to school and learn stuff. 
about breathing, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's this part of me that wants to create something of my own, and yeah. I don't want yeah. any external influences, um, because I've already been shown that I don't need, through confirmations and synchronicities and alignments, that I don't need that stuff. Uh-huh. If I want it, it's there, but I don't need it, and I want to create something on my own, because that's what we're here to do, we're yeah. creators, right? Yeah, well, it's also, that's, that is taking the line of, just let me look within to what I need, given my own context and my own traumas and my own life and my own history and my own body and genes, everything, the holistic view of the person instead of just listening to what someone says, what was written down in the book. Mm -hmm. And all that's valuable. I feel like, you know, the the best way is probably to integrate all of that, but I I feel like there has to be a core element of like, okay, here's all this stuff that's out in the world that I could try and I could use and I'll take what's useful, but... What am I actually just called to do? Yep. Related to the breath, related mm-hmm. to movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I no, felt, that's really cool. I felt like a part of me that wanted to go to get certifications or to learn these things was because I didn't want to do it myself. And it was kind of like an escape route. Mm, oh, give, some, give, give someone this money and yeah. they'll teach me. Yeah. You know, which there's nothing wrong with. But it, it felt like it was coming from more of a wanting than a needing. Mm-hmm. And I, and you know, if I don't need it, then why do I want it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't feel like I'm at a point where I really, really need it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like I'll know when that time is and I'll go there when I need it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When you, when you want to try other things out and things like that. But I think that's a really cool point because I look at, you know, I'm I'm in college right now. I'm going to graduate in May. Um, I look at the whole public education system and, when you're within those structures, it can be very helpful because there's a path and it's laid out and there's things you have to do. But that's also takes a lot of the self-determination and creativity out of the process in terms of learning for yourself, right? Like there's no, everything's laid out and it's not exactly like, oh, I'm driven to read this book as opposed to this book mm-hmm. or learn this skill set as opposed to this skill set. And you get to choose within that, obviously. But... I think actually having to navigate the path yourself and research things on your own and then figure out what works for you on your own, there's a lot more, or there's potentially more fulfillment in that, and there's potentially more than just like, okay, I have a degree or a piece of paper that says I can do X, Y, Z, but have you actually accomplished X, Y, Z for yourself internally? And maybe that structured path that's been laid out for so many people doesn't tick all the boxes for you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's probably something... People have to round out for themselves, mm-hmm. but no, I totally vibe with that. Yeah, totally thank vibe you. With that. Totally, and I'm and I'm not trying to say there's anything wrong, you know. Like, no, yeah, there's no judgment. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, did you have so? Did you have want to ask me something? Yeah, else? there was. Um, what would you say is the biggest benefit to come out of breath work, and maybe out of your diet experience as well, that wasn't anticipated? Realizing how powerful I am. Mm. Fuck yeah. That's the best answer. <laughs> yeah. Seeing my gifts. Mm. Those were completely unexpected. I had no idea that um, I, I am as powerful as I am. Um, and part of me wants to doubt it even when I say that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we're raised to be that way. To yeah. Doubt, to doubt ourselves. And I'm at the point where it's like, fuck no. I'm powerful. I know I am. Mm-hmm. I have gifts. And I'm going to share them with everybody. Mm-hmm. And fuck the system. Yeah. 
Well, it's also so much easier when you know your intentions. Yeah. When your intentions are like, okay, I want to be aligned because I want to be fulfilled and I want to share that with people. I want to help other people do the same. Like, those are really easy intentions to get behind. Mm -hmm. Versus if there's conflicting motivations and you're just wrapped up in your head about it, like, you're not actually going to be able to effectively approach anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, uh, that's a really good answer. And I want to share that. Yeah. Because it's like I found, I do. Stop making the excuses. Mm -hmm. What are the stories? Why are you not being the best person that you can be? Mm -hmm. Why are you living a job? Why are you working a job that you hate that's allowing you to live a life that you don't like? Mm -hmm. Why are you living in this? Let's get to the foundation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fuck the food. You know what I mean? Fuck the movement. Fuck, you know what I mean? That's all in addition. But Joseph, I'll be 65 and I'll have my retirement and then I can be happy. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong I mean, with that? That, you know, that's fine. You know, if, and again, like, some people want that, you know what I mean? But I think the majority of people do not want that and they don't know how to go about it because of how structured our system is. Yeah. And, and there's... And how refining it is. And yeah. And there's... Beliefs associated with it. Exactly. And there's, and there's not really a path that's been led, mm -hmm. right? And like, I want to create a group of men that can fuck... I don't care what you do. I don't care what you eat. I don't, as long as you have a healthy foundation, mm -hmm. like, I, I don't give a fuck. I want to create a group of men that can blaze this path. Yeah. So other people can follow us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, think, I think it's huge in terms of people need to see it being done. Yeah, exactly. And, and exactly. Cause so I've already seen it. I've already talked to so many people. People are hungry. They want it, but they just don't know how to go about it. And, and, I, and I don't either. Yeah. I'm not here to say that I know how to do it, but I'm going to do it. And I'll figure out how to. But I, I think that's, if anyone's honest, I mean, no one has it figured out. Yeah. Really. yeah. I don't care like how much you claim to be an enlightened master who knows the path and is going to dictate what every student should do. Like, I'm sure you know a lot, but we're also, we're born to the situation on this planet. <laughs> we, don't, we don't understand what's going on and we're trying to figure out the best of our ability. Um, but I mean, another thing that keeps people back is their environment. Totally. Right? So, I mean, how would you, what would you say to people who's like, oh, well, my spouse doesn't live this way, or I can't change this around with my kids, or there's just all these other excuses, and um, some of them are quite, you know, quite understandable. I totally hear you, and I totally agree with what you're saying, and for me, um, I've had those stories in my head, and... What I would say is that if you're wanting, if you're wanting to make change in your life, but other people are holding you back because you feel like you won't be supported, then the best way to get support from them is to lead by example and support yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and you may have to leave those people. Yeah. At least for a time. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the diamond needs isolation and pressure to grow, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. And I think there has to be a deep level of acceptance and responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to even share this and say it because I know how challenging it is. Yeah. I yeah. know people are, are in their situations and they're in their, their life and they're in their ways and I know how struggling and how challenging it can be because I've been there. And 
And we're all still there. I don't want, and, and, and what I'm, and why, yeah, we are, we're all still there. And the reason why it's hard for me to say this is because of the level of responsibility that needs to be taken mm. is hard to grasp and accept. Yeah. Like we're all, we, we all have a choice. And I was, I was talking to my friend, I was talking to John about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all have a choice, right? To create happiness and to have faith and trust in something. Mm-hmm. And this is going into a whole nother topic. I'll Bring just, it on. Bring yeah, it on. all right. Cool. Let's go so, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we all have our struggles and we are all in our situations and we can let those situations create a story for us, right? Or we can take that story, drop it, and create a new one and accept where we're at, but still work on creating a new one, right? Yeah. So the problem with that is it's can be super painful super to painful. admit and accept where you're at and the things it would take to get out of that hole. Exactly. And that's the thing is, is the, the pain creates the lack of acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. So I was talking to John about this and I was like, a part of me had, had battles with this in myself, like saying that we all have a choice and we all have the choice to create our own happiness regardless of the situation. Because you think about, you know, and I know this is, a complete external reality and situation. But you think about people that were in prison camps, people mm-hmm. that get raped, mm-hmm. and people that get kidnapped. And I was talking to John about this, and he's like, yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's funny that you're saying this, because I just read this book from this guy that was in the prison camp, in a prison camp. And he completely says that his choice and his holding on to his faith and choosing to have something to hold on to to create happiness mm-hmm. is what allowed him to stay alive. Yeah. And he was like, I saw it. He was like, the people that got out of there alive are the people that had something to trust. Yeah, something the people that to... had anything resembling a decent life afterwards. Yeah. yeah, and he was like, he was like, I could sit there and I could dream about eating food, but I didn't because I know that would have taken me to a place that would have created unhappiness. Mm-hmm. So I chose to, to envision something else. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's what, that's what we got to do, is we got to accept where we're at and realize that we can use our imagination to create something else. Yeah. You know? And it's not even necessarily, I mean, bringing it back to the prison camp example, and I, I think he's probably talking about Man's Search for Meaning by Victor Frankl. It is. That yeah, is. Yeah. You know, fantastic yep. book. Everyone should fucking read that book. <laughs> it should be required, required text. But um, I mean, the idea that you're going to be happy in that situation, that quite, that, I don't think that's quite what he's trying to get at in the book. Yeah. But that, he's not going to let him, or he's not going to let the situation take his desire to live away and take his desire for fulfillment Mm -hmm. and getting out and actually making something beyond this and a document for people to learn from and grow from afterwards. I mean, that guy has left a legacy because of the way he approached his life in the camps and afterwards. Um, And we wouldn't have that if it wasn't, for this, if it wasn't for dropping the story exactly. and, for, and for playing into the much more, in many ways, understandable but comfortable way of getting angry and hateful and judgmental, and the, all that's understandable, especially in dire circumstances like that. But I mean, just bring it back to someone's own life related to, you know, maybe their girlfriend or boyfriend they're in, in an argument with or having troubles at work and things are just stressful. It's like that is a micro version of these catastrophic exactly. uh, interactions w- between people. And, you know, if you can't drop your story here, <laughs> then, then, like, how are you going to have the same strength as someone like Viktor Frankl or something like that? And it's... 
And on the other side of that, people do have really just shitty circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's hard to even say, like, like you mentioned, it's hard to say to them, like, well, you know, it's not your fault exactly where you're at. But what are you doing? Even born into, but it is on you to make something more of it. Yeah. You have feet, like you, have, you have feet and you can walk. Yeah. You know? Or, I mean, you're in a city, shitty situation, but are you choosing to stay there because there's safety and comfort? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And why can't you see the safety and comfort in another situation? Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like... Or to risk it. Yeah, or to risk better. it. And yeah. I guess from my own perspective is like, I stopped playing the victim role. And I stopped looking at everything like, why is this happening to me? And I started looking at everything like, this is benefiting me. This is here to benefit me. Regardless of the situation, mm. Yeah, this is here to fucking benefit me. That's a model like, that sort of come into my life. Like, if I lose 500 bucks, well, how's it going to benefit me? Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I lost 500 bucks. I already know the shitty aspect. I already know where that thinking goes. Yeah. I've already been down that road. Yeah. How's it going to benefit me? Oh, I lost 500 bucks? I'm going to fucking hustle my ass off and make 1000 mm-hmm. Just because I lost 500 mm-hmm. you know? And maybe if I didn't lose that 500 I wouldn't have had the motivation to make 1000 yeah, you know or set I mean? up a system in place to assure it doesn't Happening. get lost in the same way. Exactly. Like, and sometimes you have to learn lessons the hard way like that. Exactly. But, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, like, I'm just starting to see how my, my perspective or my imagination plays a role in my creation, mm-hmm. in my reality. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. How would you say breathwork has impacted the way you interact with other people? It allows me to um, focus and be more present. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's taken me out of my mind. So when I'm not in my mind, mm-hmm. I can feel the other person. Mm-hmm. Because when we're stuck in our head, we're not connected at the heart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the breath has allowed me... Like, I'm not sitting here saying I'm not... I don't get in my head. Yeah, but right? it's going to arise. But the <laughs> breath has taught me how to... Let it be there. Let it be there. And, and connect with my heart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would be my answer to that. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I struggle with most is just socially staying present with people and not getting, like, wrapped up in, like, oh, how am I going to keep this conversation going or where is it going to go next or how do I turn it in the way I want it to turn it. Um, and yoga has been particularly helpful in actually bringing mindfulness off just the meditation cushion and then into more spontaneous moments throughout the day. But I feel like, in particular, that's something I could definitely work on. Um, so breathwork might be a... Or more explicit breathwork. Because, I've, I've, I mean, I've been meditating for the past four years. Um, I started when I was 17. 17 is a big year. <laughs> um, but it was, it's always been, like, the just sort of let it happen and then just pay attention to it. And, and like, I've, I've experimented stuff, like, with Kriya Yoga or other things where... The various practices, maybe you're holding one nostril or um, doing a specific pattern of breathing or things like that, but it's always almost seemed overwhelming to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine it can for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it, is it really just about just get intuitive with it? Yeah, just breathe, okay. really. Uh, learn, learn how, like all that stuff you're explaining is great, but if you're not breathing correctly, so I'll put it like this, when, when I learned how to breathe from my belly constantly mm-hmm. instead of from my chest 
my whole reality flipped because mm -hmm. I feel like since breath is life, if we're breathing invertedly, then our reality is going to be inverted. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I started breathing from my belly up into my chest, I started manifesting more of my life that I wanted mm. just by breathing correctly. And I was like, okay, so do I really have to work this hard or do I just have to focus on myself? So I just started focusing on myself and breathing more and breathing and stretching. Mm -hmm. and, and that could go so far. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it's really about, like for me, just learning how to breathe from your belly. Like all that other stuff can come after. But if you're not breathing from your belly, if you look at a child, every child breathes from their belly. It's because they don't hold on to stress. Mm -hmm. Someone along the way told you to shut the fuck up. You don't know how to do this. And you're like, Hoo! Yeah, so much tension in the gut, yeah. the shoulders, yeah. the cheeks. Yeah. Yep, and that, you know, and just... And then everyone gets into a, yeah. a cycle that carries over into all their, yeah. the rest of their life. Shallow breathing, shallow breathing is shallow thinking. Mm. So, I mean, and you can feel it pretty immediately, like even just me tuning in while you're speaking and the breathing into the belly. And one, one way I like to sort of do it is like, okay, I'm going to breathe into my, I'm going to breathe into my balls, yeah. into my genitals, yeah. and like bulge. Like yep. that's, that is one way to like really <laughs> make sure you're getting a full breath and a full, um, inhale, exhale cycle. Yeah. That's, uh, that's really cool. So what, you, what else are you doing besides breathing, besides diet? Um, cold water therapy, um, connection with other men, um, sharing my emotions and being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Just consciously choosing to face my fears. Because mm -hmm. we all know we have fears. Yeah. We all know what they and everyone's are. got fears. Right? No one's... And I'm no one's yeah. conscious, consciously choosing to face my fears through doing things that scare me that I know I should do. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I just started working for this organic superfood company, and a lot of it has to do with self-development and becoming the best person you can be so you can share that with other people. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so just putting myself out there and connecting and sharing and believing. Believing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just believing. That's one thing I'm really doing is believing mm -hmm. every day mm -hmm. and, and moving towards gratitude and thankfulness. And, and, like, I've known for the last three years that life is a gift, but now I'm really feeling it. Mm -hmm. and, and, in create, and working more towards creating more of that feeling, you know, and sharing it with other people mm -hmm. and wanting other people to feel it. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think people fully appreciate that feeling. No, though. uh, because uh -uh. it's, it's very subtle, and it's not. It's not as exciting. It's not as maybe all encompassing in terms of a physical wave of energy through the body as a rush of something else, like yes. dancing or drugs or whatever, a number of other things. It's very subtle, but it's it's extremely fulfilling. Yeah, it's extremely. Fulfilling. Why do you think it's so subtle for most people? I think one they probably don't know how to quite recognize it. Okay. Right? Like the culture doesn't. <laughs> what's, <laughs> there's, there's, what's not allowing them to recognize it? At least for there's, you. there's a couple. There's a couple answers. For me, I think what has really, especially over the past year, in, as like as my own development has unfolded, um, was getting. It what's been crucial for me is getting more in touch with the body, mm -hmm. and releasing the tension, mm -hmm. and breathing deeper, mm -hmm. and checking that fucking box that's at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy, <laughs> like where we should have started. Yeah. Um, that, for me, has done so much, mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. 
And so I imagine it probably have to. And it sounds like the same for you, mm-hmm. like that fundamental. So fundamental you're level. so. I don't want to say like. You're not of the mainstream, right? I would say. I, I no, I don't, I don't consider myself of the mainstream. Okay, so how would you? I guess my question is more related towards somebody that's living more of the mainstream yeah. standard American diet. What do you feel is not allowing them to recognize this gift? The gift of the subtle, just joy of, of, of being. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's two two big pillars that play into that, and that's the concept of there's waking up and there's growing up. And waking up has a lot more to do with existential and spiritual insight just into the nature of not knowing what the fuck is going on here, being open to that, and then just observing reality in your own direct experience. And that obviously relates to meditation and psychedelics play into that, there's all that. But And then there's growing up, and that's moving through and growing through your childhood traumas, all the ways you rejected yourself, all the way you, ways you compromise on yourself, all the way you judge your people, um, and even just your moral way of being. Because there's all these, you know, throughout history, there's all these people that are supposedly so enlightened, so spiritually insightful, and yet they have sexual, sexually dysfunctional relationships with students, or they fucking poison a town next to them. I mean, there's, there's so many cult stories, so many spiritual disasters amongst communities in that way. But... I, that's why I feel like there's two pillars. And so I, I almost feel like it's not one thing, but getting in touch with that being, I don't... To be, to be there on a consistent basis, I think you have to be moving up both pillars. There are experiences that can just take someone from like a sort of mainstream, sort of baseline American way of living to a really profound being state, but I think to stay there and to cultivate a relationship to it, you have to be growing along both these metrics and have practices in place. That's beautiful. I love that. That's great. You just like took all my words out of my fucking mouth. That's great. I would say like in a in like a one word expression of everything that you said is accepting that we're unhappy. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, accepting that we're unhappy and really working towards being happy through those two pillars. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Growing up and waking up. And that's always like there's no end of the rainbow. No. You don't get to a spot where it's like, okay, checked all the boxes, rest of my life, everything's easy peasy, I'm happy. I think there's actually, and this is, I've been thinking about this for the past week especially, like, one, there's an extreme level of beauty in suffering. Two, life's just inherently dissatisfactory. Yeah. And that's, that's where the being component really becomes important. But that's also okay. That's also totally okay to still, after all the work you've put in as an individual, still have moments and times of like, damn, <laughs> I'm still like, in a, in a fundamental way, maybe not happy, or there's just there's still just sadness, yeah. there's still just pain, yeah, because that's just part of the condition. That's that's to reject that or to try to push all of that away or act like you can get rid of all of it. I feel like that casts a shadow, yeah, because totally. because it is just part of the human expression of the human experience as this limited form. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it can be fully eradicated or if we should even want it mm-hmm. to be fully eradicated. Totally. I agree with you. Yeah. Fuck avoiding the uncomfortable feelings, right? Yeah. They're there for a reason. And I like how you said suffering is necessary. Because I, within the work that I do, and I do, like, I, I pair breath work with somatic healing. So, like, bringing people into their traumas and then allowing them and asking them specific questions 
to correlate a thought to a trauma in their body mm. or an emotion, right? Mm -hmm. And then they can, once you relate the thought to the feeling, you can release it. So I see a lot of people that want to, just through hearing other people's stories, that want to take away other people's suffering. And my question to them is always, what has your suffering allowed you to learn? Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, you're right. Yeah. Because yeah. all, through all of my suffering, I've learned so much. And the suffering, like you said. You wouldn't you, be here. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. Yeah. No. yeah. And if you're not, and the guy that I learned, uh, that I uh, went to the, Dr. Robert Morse, mm -hmm. the guy I went to the International School of Detoxification and learned under, he says, if someone doesn't want to make a change in their life to become a better person, then they're not suffering enough. I think there's a big truth in that. Yeah. And they're okay. There is a point where it's like you just hit the wall and you're like, fuck, I can either... <laughs> At least for me, it came down to the point of like, I'm either going to commit suicide or I'm going to get better. Me too. Yeah. Me too. And that's, I mean, I, that's rock bottom. I right? tried to, so... Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I was, I was, I was seriously planning it. I didn't try to, but it's... That's another thing we don't talk about. Yeah. Because that's far more common, and especially with men. Yeah, fuck Especially it. with Dude, men. Dude, yeah, that's, that's another reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many men that are fathers that need to learn and be taught how to be a man so they could be a fucking father. And not only a father, but a man. Yeah. For themselves, and yeah. not only for their kids, but for their wives and their f brothers and their family members and, mm -hmm. and everything else. So, and, I, and yeah, a lot of that comes through expressing the things that mm -hmm. we know we should, but we don't. Yeah. Well, it's like, I almost, when, we, when you were talking about men and, and their relationship to all these other people, it's like, I want to say, well, yeah, they never even grew up into men. They're still children. But yeah. Not even children. Because children <laughs> don't have all these anxieties. They're actually pretty well-rounded when they're not fucked with and, and Super beat down, sad. right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's almost like just this tangential place of suffering and bullshit and posturing that masculinity, I think, as in a big way, is stuck in right now. And that, well, it really has been, right, for the past 12,000 years, <laughs> the patriarchy. Like, yeah. this, is, this has been a serious problem, men not being in touch with their emotions enough to actually express their vulnerabilities and the things they're scared of and their weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Because if you had those things, then you're a judge, yeah. or you weren't going to make it. Mm -hmm. And in some places, like in war, that's the ability to block all that out. It makes sense. Yeah. Like, that's necessary for a creature trying to survive. Totally. But I don't think any of us want to be in a world like that. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, we want peace. And sometimes I wonder, would be like, okay, what if what if women took the reins instead of just this equal, equal thing? Like, what would it be like? And you could look at a species like bonobos, where, like, literally next to chimpanzees equally, uh, same amount of gene overlap. Like, we're, I think, we're like, 99 point something the same with each. And they have a matriarchal society. They also have a very polyamorous society, and they're always fucking each other. <laughs> it's like so. And then you have chimpanzees on the other side, where it's like there's a lot of violence, and there's a lot of male domination and male aggression. Depending, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of varying research, but and so the, how does that influence how we view our species, but then also the men's role within that species? I'm not sure we have it figured out. Mm -hmm. All I know is that things like the men's circle and interacting, especially like for me. When I've had the chance to interact with men older than I, and maybe they're five years older, maybe they're ten years older, fifteen years older, I mean, most of the people I hang out with are, tend to be about five to ten years older than me. 
But one, it's always extremely validating when we can like open up to each other and be vulnerable and then still have that expression and see those commonalities despite the age. But also it gives me insight into like, okay, like just age isn't going to solve things. Age isn't going to correct things. On we kind of think that the truth. Uh, yeah, I think, I think we just grow up, maybe as children, and it can vary depending on you know, your guardians at the time, but, you know, oh, adults have it figured out. Or adults are, they're, they're apparently, they're obviously not happy <laughs> in many situations. Like, that, that's not something you can conflate with it. But, but, yeah, things just get easier as you get older, and, but things get easier as you experience more and are able to learn from those things. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily come along with age. But, I mean, it's, things like at the men's circle were extremely validating for me because, I mean, one of the commonalities was I want to be able to love more. I have these people I want to be able to love more in my life, but I don't know how. Or I'm scared to. I'm scared to lose myself. Or I'm scared to let down these barriers and these walls that traditionally keep me propped up as a man within this society. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like to hear a little bit about um, maybe your experience in the men's circle or other men's circles, or just mm-hmm. maybe how you're sort of thinking about masculinity these days. Um. So I feel like a lot of the fear of Opening up and being vulnerable comes with the fear of being forgotten Mm. or being left behind. Because for me, whenever I fear opening up and being vulnerable, that's always a thought. It's like, oh, I'm going to express this stuff, and then that's it. I'm not going to ever be hurt again. Yeah, people are going to abandon me. Or Or abandon me. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I feel like a lot of that... I guess the found... if I was going to say the foundation of masculinity, it would be to first learn how to open up to other men instead of women. I think it's crucial. Because I feel like the that in itself, us opening up to women instead of men, is creating huge conflicts between the masculine and the feminine, feminine relationship, not only within ourselves, but externally. Um, and I say that because I see it within myself, and I've seen it within other men as well. And I've also confirmed it through sharing what I'm about to share with you. Likewise. Um, Which is like, so there's the fear of opening. First of all, there's the fear of being abandoned. And then there's the fear of opening up to another man, right? So both of those fears combined just isolate us. And if they don't isolate us, from my experience, they allow us to become needy upon our feminine counterpart in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to get into. Because we feel safe to open up to the feminine and then when we open up to them there's other things we bring along to that yeah it's and like it's like a, an expectations yes and that the, really and only can be validate me feel mm-hmm. like I, I you know what i mean that can only yeah. really be filled through another man's yeah. relationship with another man mm-hmm. and uh so it creates this this like grasping and pulling for this energy that you're never going to get from the woman Mm-hmm. Because I see it like this, or at least it's not not that you're never going to get it, but we're going about getting it in the incorrect way. And it's also something they can't quite get. Like a lot of that has to be there has to be the internal validation. There's also things that only men can confer onto other men. And exactly. Women can onto other women. And it's about discerning those two, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I see is like men don't know how to open up to other men. So and then so I'll, I'll put it like this: like so, men have traumatized the woman 
to the point where we open up to them. A part of them wants to support us, but they don't want to because when they have supported us, we've shown them disrespect and mm. neglect. And, okay, now you've gave me what I want, and I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Instead of, and the girl wants to keep giving that and keep showing that 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 feminine love, right? Mm-hmm. But not from a place that they're going to get abandoned. Yeah. So, well, I also don't want to be someone's mother. Exactly. Exact, perfect. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and I think a lot of women, they have this in their subconscious. Some are aware of it, some aren't. But again, it's there, and it's, it's being played upon whether or not the female knows it. Mm-hmm. And so the, men, the man comes in, and they fucking blow out all these emotions onto the woman because they're not... They're too scared to do it to another man because of the programming mm-hmm. and the don't share your emotions, don't cry, mm-hmm. right? And then this woman looks at it as, like, maybe a sign of weakness. Weakness, neediness. Neediness, yeah. and it's like, okay... Um, that weakness and that neediness is going to create an attachment. And if there's not an attachment, it's going to be an an, an abandonment, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't want either of that. So they retract and then we keep going, right? Yeah. And we keep like the ego and then the ego comes in like, why aren't you giving me what I want? Mm -hmm. You know? And then it turns into aggressiveness and unhealthiness and toxicity. Codependency. Codependency. Blah, 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 blah. So if we, we, exactly me too, totally fucking been there. And, uh, if we as men can validate each other as men and, and learn how to soothe ourselves, because that's what the woman wants to see, subconsciously or consciously, depending mm-hmm. on the woman. Mm-hmm. They want to know that the man can soothe himself and be in control of his own emotions. Because in reality, women are generally more in control of their emotions than men. And when they see that lack of control of their emotions, it's like, it's it's uh, a turnoff. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. It's it's like you haven't come to a place where you you're still a child. Your, yeah. You can't support yeah, yourself. Exactly. Apparently. And it doesn't matter what the fuck you're doing on the external. Like, yeah, yeah, you have a house, you have a car, blah 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 that blah. Doesn't blah. Mean shit. Doesn't mean shit. If yeah. you can't control yourself emotionally, you know. So I would say from the foundation, learning as men how to not only control our to learn how to control our emotions by allowing them to be there as they are and not controlling them. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's like when expressing so, them and sharing them, bringing them out of the shadows, letting them go and not controlling them. Yeah, right, and and then from there we can learn how to maneuver them, right, and use them as a tool to mm-hmm. amplify our energies, right? Yeah, because yeah, that's like a whole other thing. It's like fear and happiness and excitement are the exact same thing. Feeling wise, feeling wise, it's the thought that's different. And I realized this shit one day when I was sitting there, I was scared as fuck. Mm-hmm. And I just, for a split second, I dropped the thought of fear, and I was like, dude, this feels like, this feels like fire. Like, <laughs> this is fucking fire. Uh-huh. And I was like, I can harness this fire and, like, mold it into this energy that I can use to fucking blast me through the fear. Yeah, right? it's a direct to something really yeah, productive. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's my foundation of masculinity is, like, expressing the emotions to another man and knowing that, that that's that's okay yeah and it's okay it's okay to have feelings and it's okay to cry and just let yourself go Mm -hmm. be the woman yeah don't hide the woman yeah inside you so yeah yeah. express your your feminine with the masculine instead of of expressing your feminine with the feminine 
you know, obviously do that, but it's about doing it from a balanced state, right? Well, it's about, I think it's about, like, I mean, the way I sort of, one analogy I like to do with relationships, especially between, yeah, just between people, um, you're, you, two people are dancing, and if they can't dance on their own, how the fuck are they going to dance together? Yeah. Right? Totally. <laughs> like, totally. and it, and it's, it's only like, it only works if two people are <laughs> dancing on their own, they're solid on their two feet, they dance with other people before, like, in that meaning that they just commute and express, or even just men to men, like, being able to share space with one another, come together, and then their dances jive in a way that it actually works. Yeah. Obviously, not everyone's going to work together. But for people who are compatible, that's when a beautiful thing can happen. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're uh, <laughs> coming in with a broken leg or underdeveloped, like, nothing's going to be afloat. Mm-hmm. And, and any woman will tell you, like, a needy man is an unattractive man. Uh-huh. I mean, confidence goes so much further than any amount of money, any car, any job, any external little status symbol. And confidence probably isn't even the best way to put it either, because confidence could be this inflated alpha bullshit. That's yeah. Just, that's just the... What would you say it is? Odd. I would say if a, a confidence... Balancedness? What being would able you re- to what inhabit would- the full spectrum of the emotions and of the masculine experience, while at the same time... At the same time, being in touch with and honoring what you actually want to do. Yeah. I think whether anyone knows it or not, consciously, they're super attracted to people who are like, they see something they want, and they don't just like want it to want it. Like they want it because it's them, and they're going for it. Like that's an extremely desirable trait, and I think anyone is attracted to that, especially women to men. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say that, and that, I, I would also say it's a totally incomplete picture because I'm just coming up with it right now. <laughs> We're sort of figuring yeah. out our thoughts out loud, but I would say that would at least be a component of it. Yeah. That would at least be a component yeah. of it. Yeah, I agree. So what, um, you, you had done other men's circles before, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've done small ones at my house with, I think, the most people that were there. I think there was eight people at the biggest one, um, and I've been a part of other men's circles. I actually drove all the way to California, mm. uh, to Santa Barbara, um, to go to a men's circle that completely catalyzed and changed my life. Tell me about it. Um, I was already practicing, and um, it was through, it's through this guy that I've been following, Troy Casey, on Instagram under Certified Health, and that um, he's like, we'll link to it. In the yeah, he's a, he's a he's a he's a. He's just a mentor and an all-around beautiful person that's changed his internal world and expressed it outwardly for everybody else to follow. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so I went to his men's circle, and I've been doing the same things he's doing, and that's, um, like, I kind of stopped paying attention to his page for a little bit because of my beliefs. Mm-hmm. He was, he, he's, eats, he's a meat eater, mm-hmm. and uh, so I kind of stopped following, and then I started getting into the breath work and healing trauma, and then I, his page popped up on my feet again. Probably because Instagram was listening to me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they know everything. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so yeah, I, I was implementing the same things that he was bringing to his men's circle, and um, I went there, and it made me realize that like it it was it was addicting. Mm-hmm. I was like f- like I felt drawn to these men like in this in this energy, and it was like this community that I've been yearning for subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was like that thing that I felt was like was missing is the community. And and I was kind of shown through conversations there and seeing Troy and what he does, like I was like, 
I already have the medicine in me. Mm-hmm. Like, I out, dude, I tapped into his bubble and was, like, listening to his thoughts and shit. And I was, like, it was, it was really, really conf- affirming for me. Mm. A lot of affirmations. And uh, that moment was huge catalyzation for me. And uh, it made me realize that um, I needed, like, a male community in my life because mm-hmm. I've never had a healthy one Yeah, from my childhood. And, like, I think my inner child is yearning for that. And that's why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing now. And I'm creating men's circles and wanting other people to join me mm-hmm. and do the same. Mm-hmm. And I want to make this, like, a global, dude, I have this huge vision. So. Yeah. We got to have a huge vision. Yeah. And, and it can't even be, like, uh, and then here comes another change. <laughs> like, the way, there's a quote um, from Walden by, uh, by Thoreau. And I'm paraphrasing it, paraphrasing it, but he's like, men better aim high. Like, they better shoot really fucking high because they're almost certainly bound to fall short. But they'll at least be higher than where they would have been otherwise. And that's like, that always comes back to me when I'm thinking about, okay, what am I going for? And it's also Should like... beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also like, it has to also just be about the journey of it. And like, bringing all these men together and giving them an experience that is extremely rare... And yet extremely desired, whether they know it or not. Because, I mean, that, that's, I, it's sort of an ex- experience for me, is like coming from, or just being a very introverted person, and being able to make a lot of sort of uncommon progress within that, but then still feeling like, fuck, I want to connect with more people. I'm just not exactly sure how to, or I have all these beliefs, or all these, still all these core feelings of unworthiness that keep me from approaching someone to talk to them, or actually interacting in a substantial way and I, I'm still struggling with that in a big way and like getting a lot better and the past year has been a lot better but I mean I and it's almost at this point for me it's harder to socially interact with peers like people I'm in classes with and things like that than it is with you know men's circle or just meeting people through through all the things I'm interested in one because it's like okay we're <laughs> we're on the same page let's just talk about the shit that's, that's substantial instead of like navigating the small talk that I'm not particularly interested in, mm-hmm. but also just sort of throwing that distaste on it because I'm actually still unsure and afraid mm-hmm. without to connect people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, the, the men's circle in the past months, especially with all the different things I've been interacting people through with, um, there's been a lot of progress on that front, and the things are starting to catalyze in a in an exciting way. And a lot of that has also just been a progress of like expressing myself more um so so now so a little bit of a segue with that how has all this practice influenced your creative process and what is your creative process and what do you see as your creative medium because i mean that sort of i want that to be a theme of this podcast as well obviously just coming from a music perspective personally my creative medium is sharing everything from the energy of love Mm. and um, wanting to create change from those feelings. Uh, Do you think that comes just from your own hard battles of knowing how shitty things can be? Yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah, yeah, I guess my creative medium is like the darkness, dude. Mm, It's the depth depth and, and wanting to take people there. And because from the darkness comes the light. So 
um, I would say my creative medium is like the darkness and going into the darkness and, and wielding and, tools and, and, to be able to yeah and becoming to walk strong yeah through it. creating light out of the darkness and being an alchemist mm. and um, yeah teaching that that's my creative foundation and sharing that with other other people sharing and, and teaching that's powerful yeah but besides that I'm a, I'm an artist I like to make art okay so. That's, like visual art? Yeah, okay. I love lettering. I used to be big into graffiti. Okay. And uh, so that's like my, like, I guess, side creative that's foundation. That's your outlet. Yeah, that's, that's my outlet. outlet. Okay. Yeah. But cool. to my, my, my creative foundation to make change, the change that I want to see in this, in this world is mm -hmm. through going into the darkness with other people mm. and bringing them in there and mm -hmm. showing them that it's okay to be there and it's safe. Yeah. There's nothing to be scared of. Yeah. Because everything that's scary has been created f from yourself, and from a perspective that you yeah you put on yeah put on something, and that could be really hard to accept. I mean, this is even murky waters to <laughs> to walk into. I mean, like to because when it does just come back to the story about what it says about you as a person and whoever else was involved, and the fact that that can be let go or transcended into something higher, it could be transmutated like. That's really hard to approach. It is. Like, it takes I mean, time. Just, yeah. It takes yeah. a lot of time. Yeah. And it's different with everybody. Um, so, so what are some of the other tools that you use besides getting people's diet straight, getting a breathwork practice, some movement, cold water therapy? Compassion. Compassion. Love, listening, and understanding. Fully being in tune and present to mm -hmm. the other person's feelings. I do, like, when I do the breathwork... And I do, I do actually just start doing relationship counseling. Um, to, you, you gotta, it's, I guess the tool that I use is like compassion and understanding and listening. And like, I don't know how I do this, but like I see shadows. I see the shadows in people mm -hmm. and I can see the, the things that they're using to hold themselves back. Mm -hmm. And I can see where that stems from and so for me it's about being understanding compassionate and listening and then through those three methods if done I don't want to say correctly but if, if present enough with those three things if you can if you can use those three things and drop into the present moment and really really understand and listen from a place of compassion you'll be able to ask the person the question that will allow them to reflect upon their own actions. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get the... And the space needed to actually... Yeah, the safe space. Safe yep. And, and from there, the, they plant the seed in their own head. So mm -hmm. you ask them the question and you get them to answer it and the, the seed is planted in their own head. Yeah. From there. And then that allows them... If you can get them to answer their own questions that are holding them back, aha... Because what they fundamentally lack is self-awareness. Yeah. Self-awareness over how their actions have consequences on other people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, self-awareness. Definitely a huge foundation. Self-awareness. Yeah, so that's what I do is try to... And it's, like I said, it's different for everybody. Um, self-awareness can bring you into a state of psychosis if done way too quickly. Mm. Because you'll see parts of yourself that you didn't know. And you're like, holy... F I've been in psychosis, dude, to the point where, like, I wasn't taking showers... Mm -hmm. I wasn't brushing my teeth. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't taking care of myself. The only thing that I had was eating healthy, and that was what pretty much kept me, like, balanced. Mm -hmm. But, so I've, like, 
like I, it's different for everybody, but just leaning into compassion, understanding, and listening are the best tools to hold space for anybody mm. and allow them to. Because uh, you can't show anything to anybody; you can just you can. allow them to you see can. it for themselves. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's huge right there. Yeah, yeah. So you have to allow them to see it for themselves, and some people don't want to see it, and you just got to accept that. Yeah, they're just not ready. Yeah, and at some point, I think people typically, you know, a lot of people die pretty regretful and yeah. not having looked at those things. But totally. I think, uh, at least for you and I, and I know many of these people and many of us around the world, like we want more than that. And it's, it's definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. It's always been worth it. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't seem like it's worth it. When you're looking at it, it looks like this giant mountain. Mm-hmm. But when you climb that mountain and you get to the top, there's a certain level of ease that comes along because you've built a skill set. Mm-hmm. It's not that you coast. Again, there's no like final destination, but you have the tools and you're equipped to not only to support yourself, but once you get to that, you can then begin to help others mm-hmm. support themselves. Mm-hmm. That's how we hopefully make the world a better place. Yeah, like the hiking analogy. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome because, you know, you hike a big-ass mountain once, you go down, you can hike it again easier, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so that's what life's about. Is you have more fitness. Yeah, constant, yeah, you know, life ebbs and flows, dude, and it's like, yeah, learning how to climb those mountains and get to the top and look back and, and realize it was all worth it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. When it's like you get to, there's so much self-respect built through the process of that. Yeah. Because only you know, I mean, you don't even, as an individual, you don't even have the full context of you. Like you were saying, other people, and you you have a knack for seeing other people's shadows and like the shit that they probably know is holding them back, but they're not going to look at it yeah. long enough to actually know. Yeah. Um, and so often other people can point those out and see those more clearly than we can. But they also never know the full context of what's going on. Often mm-hmm. because we don't share the full context of what's going on. But also in a big way, we only know ourselves enough to judge ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we end up being our biggest critic. But if we look at a bigger perspective and we just put a little faith. And I used to be very averse to that word. Because it's like, why would you... Just being associated with religion and associating that baggage and all the bullshit that can come along with a organized sort of dysfunctional system. But faith can be more of just a faith directed towards yourself and the fact that, okay, I can make this deal with reality, that if I sacrifice some things for myself to set me up in a better situation in the future, that that can and will transpire. It's not like it won't. It's not like success internally isn't inevitable, because it is, as long as you put in the work. And it's not, the work doesn't even have to be what I've been amazed by is how half-assed you can approach some of this stuff and still get benefits. Yeah. Obviously, you want to, you know, you want to be able to approach it fully mm-hmm. and get as much as you can. But even a little bit can go a long way. Mm-hmm. A little bit can go a long way. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't think you got to do everything all at once. Dip your foot in and try it. And see. Yeah. I mean, like out. you were saying, you you did the. Uh, did you start with? You started with uh, stopping weed and then moving on to diet, or you had this the series of a progression. Yeah, it was like. Uh, it was a series of, of progression, definitely. Um, it wasn't like, oh, I have to do this all at once. Um, even though I did it all at once, mm-hmm. I knew I didn't have to, but that's what I had to do mm-hmm. for myself. But yeah, don't overwhelm yourself. It's just about... It's about what could be sustainable. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think a lot of us, like, if I was going to share one thing, like, we kind of, this I don't know where this thought's coming from, but it's like, do more of what makes you happy instead of looking at things you can do to fix yourself. 
that right there. Because with <laughs> that work, right there. Working, <laughs> working with people through the breath work and relationship counseling, I see all these things people try to do that add more things into their life, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, I got to do this to fix this. I got to do this to fix this. It's like... Or I got to cut out. Or this. I got to cut out yeah. this. It's like, why don't you just realize there's no fucking problem? There's only 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 a chance for you to grow. Yeah, there's it's all no, about your relationship to these various things in your life. Yeah, so work on what... A lot of us have stopped doing the things that make us happy. And if you just work on doing more things that make you happy, the perceived problems will fix themselves. That's totally been my experience yeah especially with my music like and just being more expressive to that sharing it more spending a hell of a lot more time with it after being dormant for many years like when you bring in the things that actually are aligned and fill you up and light you up the other shit becomes a non-issue yeah and that i feel like that's a, that's a true marker of growth is like when something just becomes a non-issue yeah like my eating it's just a non-issue now yeah. i don't have like i can even go eat a number of like i could have a big meal or mm-hmm. whatever and just not think about it or like, nothing crosses my mind related to, oh, how's this going to impact, you know, how many later, or yeah. how my body's going to turn out, like, and all that was so, to the point of, like, I look at journals, I was like, I, I was in the state, like, I, I'm, like, mad, <laughs> like, I'm just so lost in my own self-deprecation and self-loathing that I can't have any perspective, and, um, fuck getting rid of things, fuck adding new There's things There's no in. problem. First, or maybe not first, I mean, people approach it in different ways, but, just start incorporating what you wanted when you were a child. Yeah. Or just, exactly. just the things that really fulfill you. Yeah. Yeah. I just told this to John today. I was like, dude, we just got to learn. We just got to do things that we did as children. Yeah. I mean, and that we were drawn to. Yeah. Playing outside. But a lot of people didn't even have that opportunity when true. they were children to like even get totally an inkling of like, oh shit, I really care about this thing. Totally true. And so they're adults and maybe they still haven't experimented. They've maybe walked a path that was already laid out for them. And so they're saying like, well, fuck, I don't know what really lights me up. I don't know what I'm aligned with. I don't know what anything resembling a purpose or just even something that I really enjoy as a hobby. Like, they have nowhere to start. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like the heart knows. So if, if, if I was going to say if there's anywhere to start, mm-hmm. just feel your heart. Feel your heart. Yeah, because, I mean, it's okay to not know. But it, the heart has feeling, and obviously we all know what it's like to love, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if you feel attracted to something that you want to do, go do it. And that's how you'll figure out what makes you happy. Yeah, you may have to experiment. Yeah, definitely. And experimentation. What I also think, well, first of all, I like that you said that it's it's just okay not to know. Yeah. Because, I don't know, me, like, I look at where I was a couple years ago and just constantly inundating myself with various personal development material and then being like, well, fuck, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> and then feeling, like, guilt around that. Shame, like, oh, I should have this figured out. Um, and I'm I, I I just know that there's other people in that situation, so it's okay not to know, but it is a journey to find out. And what I think, I think a lot of the time, just a big fucking wrecking ball into the standard operating procedure of someone's life can be a really good catalyst for change. Like, maybe you're not into breath work, but you just say, you know what, fuck, I listen to this, and I need to figure out more of myself, so I'm just going to sign up for a fucking breath work workshop 2,000 miles away, I'm going to go do it, it's going to be a week-long thing, and I'm just going to see what happens. Like, that could be a turning point. Yeah, commitment. And even if it didn't, like, even if breath didn't connect with you in a way that held over the long term, it's like you actually just fucking stepped outside your normal yeah. way of being, and we're like, 
yeah, everything is unknown, everything's chaotic, I don't know what I'm going to experience out there, but my relationship to myself and the life I want to have is more important than staying in this fucking comfortable shit. Yeah. And I'm going to risk what I have. Even if I don't know it's going to happen. Yeah. 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 Or even if I don't know I'm going to like it. Yeah. yeah and when you do that, it's like, the fear is like you're not going to be supported or that it's going to fail in some capacity or all the other number of excuses, but at least for me, and I imagine for you, and anyone I've, anyone I've met in this men's circle, like, the more you put yourself out there like that, you get supported. Yeah. And if you're not, you need to find some fucking better people who are yeah. like, actually value you for who you are. Totally. Um, yeah, I had to go through a lot of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like, finding out who would really listen to me and who, who would really support me. And a lot of that came with heartache of opening myself up and being like, oh, well, this person... You know, and it's no judgment on anyone. It's just some people aren't, aren't at that level of receiving the things that you're sharing. Yeah. And that's okay. And you just got to keep going and keep going and keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember so many times sitting there on my phone in the morning or after work trying to fucking find some something that was going to give me happiness. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to go to school for this or I'm going to go to school for that. Blah, 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 blah. And when I really sat down and asked myself, was that going to make me happy? The answer was always no. And I didn't know what to do. Because those are the things we're given. It's like, oh, go to school, um, blah, 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 do this and do that. And this is how you become successful. And I think at the core, we all want to be successful, especially as men. We want to be successful. We want mm-hmm. to be able to provide. And when we, at least for myself, when I wasn't able to, because I don't live in the confines of the society. So when I wasn't able to find my way within the confines of the society, I felt trapped. And that's okay. Mm. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. There's there's always a door to escape from, but sometimes you have to create that door. And you have to know that you're actually in that. Exactly. That cage or that, those confines, yeah. And, like, I realized through, like, wanting to go to school for this and that, that I was searching externally for happiness. And that's when I had to ask myself, like, okay, what can I do to make myself happy? Since, obviously, all these things that I'm thinking about doing aren't really going to fulfill this feeling that I'm feeling, Mm -hmm. right? So that's when I started, like, just doing things that made me more happy, and then I would meet people and get guided this place and that place. Mm -hmm. So it's just, like, focus on that. It's a lot of downstream effects. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And it's, like, we get so... We're so stuck in this way of thinking, like, oh, I have to do it this way, I have to do it that way, when that's really... that's not. There's no way you have. There's no way you have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have a... uh... We have a set of norms in the culture we're in, and then more broadly the species we're in. There's no have tos, there's no shoulds. Now we place those upon ourselves, and I'm fucking do it twenty four seven. But, but, um, and that, but that comes again to like having to take responsibility for that, like whatever deck of cards you've been dealt in life, and being like, well, fuck, I'm gonna have to be the one to get out of this, yep. to move forward, yep. and by sticking around you're inherently compromising on yourself. Yeah. Instead of saying, like, okay, you know what? I am worth it. I am worth actually having people respect me for who I am and value me for who I am instead of having to play the usual games and set of behaviors to model whatever sort of community that I'm in. It's like we've never... The reason we stay around in those situations is because that's the support we're used to. And that's mm-hmm. that we've never really seen true support. Yeah. Right? When the devil you know is... Potentially better than the devil you don't. Yeah, so, yeah, and and again, it comes down to, like, stepping into that uncomfortable feeling and trusting, and and I say this from experience, the more that I've done that, the more that I've been shown that 
the things that I want will come my way mm-hmm. if I keep stepping. And that may not transpire in the way you want no. it to or think it will. Yeah. But it will transpire into something really cool with people you probably didn't expect yeah. were out there. Having that faith in the nothingness, mm-hmm. right, is scary as fuck. But the more you do it, the more it will show itself to you. Mm-hmm. And then the more you can trust in it, you know. And it's scary moving away from those people that used to support you in the areas of life that no longer serve you. And it's super scary moving out of that place and trusting that even though you don't know there's going to be a support system, that there will be one there. Mm-hmm. And trusting that. Yeah, that it, it is out there. It is. It is totally out there. It's totally out there. And that's why, like, we're, I, I'm so glad we're talking about this. And and that's that's what I really want to share with anybody is... There's always a support system. There's always somebody that cares. There's always somebody that understands. You just have to put yourself out there. And there's always someone, regardless of where you've been, what's happened to you, or what you've done, there is someone out there who can hold space non-judgmentally. Yeah. And they're not going to just abandon you and discount you. Because, I mean, there are plenty of individuals in the world (laughs) who have done atrocious things to other people. But they have a story to tell, too. And I, I would say part of their reason for acting out comes from this rejection of all these various parts of themselves. Mm-hmm. And if they aren't able to actually express what they've done fully and someone hold non-judgmental space, I don't think they're going to be able to approach those questions that they have to ask for themselves like we were talking about with earlier. But and that's, that's, that's what I think the men's circle has a particular... Um, What's the word? Potential for. Yeah. Is to provide space for men who have perhaps done some fucked really up shit. fucked up, hurtful yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And then other men still being there, holding space and directing love and compassion and understanding instead of just judgment and resentment yeah. and criticism. Yep. And all that's understandable, but like, this shit has to stop somewhere. The cycle yeah. of violence and the cycle of fundamentally unacknowledging another person has to stop somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to be mediated by more awareness mm-hmm. and more compassion. Mm-hmm. So. Growing the self-awareness is key. Yeah. Hence the breath work. Yep. Hence the diet. Yep. Diet's so important, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll never get over how important diet is. But um, I think it's probably a good place to wrap it up. Yeah, and uh, I wanted to share this earlier yeah, before. I didn't want to cut you off while you were talking, though, but when you were talking about you doing more of your music... You're an amazing musician, dude. Thank you. I love listening to your little snippets. I did not know you had a Spotify. John just told me, so Mm -hmm. I think on my way home here, I'm going to be bumping. I need need to get more up there. And I was listening to it yesterday, and I was like, some of it I feel like represents what I'm trying to do, and then some of it doesn't. I just need to get more up there. But it's it's a lot of work, (laughs) given that I'm I'm, I'm doing most of the things. But thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Your music uh, is awesome. I love it. I... You're very talented. I love it. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm at the, I, I feel like I'm at a point where, because I mean, I'm still and probably always going to be like my biggest critic. And I see, like, when I make a song, I'm usually like just fucking loving it and it's great. And then I release it and I go back and listen to it a month later and then I just hear all these things that would fucking change. And yet I didn't hear them when I was just in the flow with it. And so what I'm coming to see is like it's less about, almost it's less about what it sounds like. It's more just about what sort of way can I show up in it? Yeah. And what can I express through it? And being okay with, like, yeah, a large amount of people just aren't going to like it. 
Yeah, that's cool because yeah. there's so much fucking music and, yeah. so much, and that goes for any sort of creative endeavor. Um, so we brought it out, but thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's beautiful. Awesome, brother. Sounds great. Appreciate you, you, dude. We'll be doing yeah. this again. I'm so down. Awesome. <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. If you'd like to learn more about Joseph, keep up with him, or just follow along to reach out, you can find him at fallingfromthesky143 on Instagram. He's there. He's available. He's posting a lot of content. Beautiful human being, right? If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review. You can subscribe, share with your friends, on your social media, whatever fancies your boat. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. The podcast stuff is there. The music stuff is there at everything and all music. And then if you're interested in the mu- uh, actually listening to the music, I'm on Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, Apple Music, all the different outlets, wherever you stream, wherever you listen. Take care and take care of yourself <laughs> before you take care of anyone else. It's, uh, it's the only thing that works long term. Peace.